Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. Welcome back, OnlyFams. Happy Fantastic Friday from your favorite person in the world. It's me. It's Amber. I am doing a solo episode today, which is really, really weird and really odd sitting here and talking to myself and having no one to have a conversation with. But things are still crazy right now. Jessica and Chris are still quarantining. They're almost done, but it just the time overlapped to where we wouldn't be able to get together to record an episode this week. So you're stuck with me. Sorry, not sorry. But I thought I would take the time to just record something because Gabe is actually at the skate park right now. And I'm trying to get this recorded in time. But next week, you guys, fingers crossed that things go according to plan. But next week, we will be back on our regular schedule. We will all be together again. The um, Their quarantine days will be up. And we'll be able to record episodes together again for you guys. Thank you for understanding and staying tuned for the last two weeks. I know that it's different types of episodes and not episodes that we normally put out. But under the circumstances, we have to do what we have to do. And unfortunately, some things just come up where we aren't really in control. And we still want to be able to get stuff out for you guys. So this is not going to be regular content. You will usually get the four of us, the fantastic four, but for now, this is how it has to go. So I appreciate all of you guys for understanding. And I got a lot of comments last week because I didn't know how the sound quality was going to be for the microphone that I got. And a lot of you said that the sound quality was pretty good. So I'm hoping that it stays like that. For this episode, I'm hoping it's a little bit better because last week Gabe and I recorded with one microphone. So we shared one microphone and it was kind of on the floor in the middle of us. And now it's just me. So I have the microphone and it's in closer range. So I'm hoping that it's better. But I am so bored, you guys. Both of my kids are in school and I've done all my laundry today, and the house is clean, and I've been binge-watching the show Manifest, which supposedly a fourth season is coming, but I just started season one. Like, I'm halfway through season one. I've heard a lot about it, and it's really good so far, but I am only on season one. But I start to get binge-watching shows, and then I just get really tired, and if I get sucked into binge-watching shows, then I'll just stay in bed all day. And I don't want to waste my days, especially when both the kids are at school. So we dropped the kids off at school this morning and then went grocery shopping, which is super nice to go grocery shopping without kids. But 
Malachi's birthday is on Friday, so the day that you guys are hearing this, well, if you, if you listen on Fridays, it is Malachi's third birthday. My little baby is three, and today is Wednesday that I'm recording this, and we actually sent him little cupcakes to take to school today to celebrate at school because most of his friends are there on Wednesdays and not Thursdays because he goes Monday through Thursday, so we wanted to send his little preschool some cupcakes to celebrate his birthday, and he's so excited to do that. But yes, my little baby is three. My stomach is gurgling right now. I literally just got done eating slices of cheese with pickles. I don't know if that's a weird combination. So when I was a kid, I used to have saltine crackers with a slice of cheese and a pickle slice, and that was my snack. And I remember growing up, people thought it was weird, and it's literally the best snack ever, and I will still eat it to this day. But right now, I'm not eating crackers or carbs, really. I'm trying to eat more low-carb. So I just eat the cheese slices and pickles together, and it's so good. But now my stomach is grumbly and very angry at me right now. But I thought that... This would be the perfect opportunity to talk to you guys about my infertility journey, where it started, and where I'm at now, and everything in between, just because it's my personal experience, and I get a lot of questions all the time, especially because people know that we are going through IVF right now, and they have a lot of questions. As most of you know, I got pregnant at 16 pretty quickly within months of losing my virginity. Sorry if that's TMI, but I got pregnant pretty quick when I was 16. And I had my first son, Logan, when I was 17 years old. And my water ended up breaking at 36 weeks. And I had a vaginal delivery. They had to use a vacuum just because he wasn't coming out, and if he didn't come out when he did, I would have had to have an emergency C-section. I was in labor for 12 hours, and then he was fine. He came out with no issues, even though he was technically preterm. They gave me the shot for his lungs, just because he was early, and that was that. He came out good. He didn't have to stay in the NICU. He weighed six pounds, one ounce, and he was the perfect little baby, and fast forward to when Gabe and I got together. So when Gabe and I got together, Logan was five, I believe. And Gabe and I didn't know if we wanted to have more kids. We didn't really talk about it because, I mean, we had just started dating. He had Lilia. I had Logan. They were already a year apart, so they were close in age. And so after a couple years of us dating... Then we decided that we wanted to have a kid of our own. So we had tried naturally for over a year and nothing was happening. I had tracked my ovulation and I don't know if I wasn't using the ovulation kits right or what, which they're pretty simple instructions, but it just wasn't happening. So I made an appointment with my OB and... This was my older OB at the time, so he ran a blood test on me over the course of a few months just to see what was going on. I had, like, my annual pap and stuff like that. Checked everything out. 
check different hormone levels, different labs. I remember having to take, um, I remember having to go get lab work done on a certain day of my period because they were measuring certain hormones. And at the end of all of that, I ended up getting diagnosed with anovulation, which essentially means that I don't ovulate every month. Which is, it's weird because I have a period every month, but with an ovulation, I'm not ovulating every month. So the ovulation tests that I was taking were correct and I wasn't ovulating or I was ovulating too late to where it wouldn't end up in a successful pregnancy anyways because I was ovulating too late. So I remember him putting me on metformin for a while and then I also did two rounds of Clomid. So Clomid is a fertility medication. The first round of Clomid I took, you take it on days, I think I took mine days five to eight of my period. And the first time I took Clomid, I ended up getting pregnant, but I had an early miscarriage and I was devastated, and so we didn't want to try for a while after that just because it was rough. I think it was six months or so before we decided to try again, and that is when we did another round of Clomid because we were like, hey, it worked the first time, let's see if it'll work again, and so we took another round of Clomid, and it was successful. We got pregnant again. I ended up having a ultrasound done at about seven and a half weeks and we saw the baby and the baby's heartbeat. And because I had Logan at 36 weeks, my doctor wanted me to see a specialist to measure the length of my cervix just to make sure that everything was okay because they don't have an explanation as to why Logan came early. And I went to that specialist appointment. I was supposed to have been... 10 and a half weeks pregnant, maybe nine and a half weeks pregnant at that point. And I go to the appointment and they're doing the ultrasound and the ultrasound tech was just looking at the screen. Like you could tell that she was very concerned, but wasn't saying anything. And then when she left, I knew that something was wrong. The baby no longer had a heartbeat and had stopped growing probably days after I had my very first ultrasound. I ended up going to my OB that day and he didn't have anything on his schedule for him to do a DNC. So my doctor recommended me to go to Planned Parenthood just because I would be able to get scheduled and get in and have the procedure done. Because mentally, I didn't want to wait to miscarry naturally. I ended up going to Planned Parenthood. And our local Planned Parenthood in my town that I live in, they don't do the surgical DNCs there. So they referred me to another location and I ended up going to a different clinic and they were able to schedule me, I think it was like four or five days later. So I didn't get an appointment right away and I ended up doing the DNC there and it was the most traumatizing experience if you guys have seen my video, I've made videos talking about my DNC experience on my YouTube channel, Fresco Fam. I've also talked about my infertility journey. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, then I kind of go more in depth, but 
That's why I wanted to make this episode for those of you who haven't seen the videos. Not everybody likes to watch videos. Some people like to listen to stories. So I thought I would talk about that here too. Just because I still get a lot of questions to this day. But I ended up having my DNC and I wasn't put under or anything. So I felt everything. I heard everything. It was very traumatizing. And I just felt it was like, okay, you're done. Next in line. Next in line. Like I just felt very dehumanized and not important. It was just the worst experience of my life. And at that point, we... We didn't know if we even wanted to try to have kids anymore because it was just too heartbreaking and I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know why my body couldn't stay pregnant. I just didn't understand. And with a DNC, they say that it could take a few months for you to get your period back and that after a few months of having a DNC, then you usually get the okay to try again, but we didn't know if we wanted to try. Months go on and I'm starting to get really bad acid reflux and throwing up. And keep in mind, I have really bad GERD and acid reflux to where sometimes it flares up to where I throw up a lot. Not so much anymore now that I think about it, but back then I did. I had a really bad flare up, so I didn't really think anything of it. And I hadn't start, started my period, but I was assuming it was because I just wasn't yet. Because after DNC, sometimes it takes a while to get your period. So I didn't think anything of it. And then I was going to go to the ER about my acid reflux, but I was hesitant about it because we were having issues with our insurance. And I didn't want to have to pay a whole bunch out of pocket if the insurance issue wasn't going to be fixed. So my friends at work were like, hey, just take a pregnancy test just to rule it out because you don't want to go to the ER and have to pay all this money just for them to tell you that you're pregnant. And I was like, yeah, you know what, whatever. I know it's going to be negative, but I might as well do it. So I ended up grabbing dollar store pregnancy tests. And tis the season for those irresistible ginger thins, cozy blankets for cuddling by the fire and making home warm and welcoming. For one-stop holiday shopping, visit your local IKEA or ikea-usa.com slash holiday. Those suckers came up positive before the test was even fully going through. The line popped up right away, and I was shocked. I wasn't necessarily happy because I we hadn't planned on it. And so this was something that terrified me because we just had lost two previous pregnancies and we didn't know if we even wanted to try again. So I was scared. So my initial reaction was scared. Not that I wasn't happy, you know, a little bit later on. But my initial reaction was scared. So we ended up getting pregnant one month after having my DNC. And the reason I believe for that is because when you have a DNC, it kind of... I mean, it's scraping everything out and it kind of resets your reproductive system. It's kind of like when you give birth, you're more fertile after that time period. Same like if you have a miscarriage, you're typically more fertile after that point of time. So I think that's what helped me get pregnant naturally. And I didn't find out that I was pregnant with Malachi until I was... Ten and a half weeks pregnant. So I was already almost into the second trimester. And I think that was a good thing because I would have been stressing out 
really early on if I found out early on. So I think it was a blessing in disguise that I found out as late as I did. I went to the specialist and they had measured my cervix and I had to do multiple ultrasounds throughout my entire pregnancy just to make sure that everything was okay. And from like 16 weeks on, I believe, I had to get the hydroxyprogesterone, the McKenna shot in my butt to prevent preterm labor. And that I think you have from 16, 15, 16 weeks all the way until 36 weeks usually, I believe. And you get that to prevent preterm labor. So I had that shot every week and 32 weeks along I had this horrible, horrible, horrible headache. And it was like in the back of my head. And I get migraines a lot. I get headaches a lot ever since I was a kid. And so it's not unusual for me to get headaches. But this was a headache that I had never felt before in my life. It was so strong. And I ended up going to the doctor. And they ended up prescribing me a pain pill. And that was it. Um, they took my blood pressure there, but now that I think about it, I don't know if they took it correctly because when I went to the pharmacy to pick up my pain pill prescription, I took my blood pressure at one of those machines because my sister is a nurse. So during this time, I'm telling her everything and she's telling me, hey, check your blood pressure. So I checked it and it was extremely high at the pharmacy and there's no way that I just would have spiked up in that short amount of time. And so I ended up going home, taking the pain pill, and my headache wasn't going away. I was still monitoring my blood pressure, and I ended up going to the ER, and they had me do a urine sample because when you have preeclampsia, you usually have proteins in your urine. So they were checking for that, checking my blood pressure, giving me medication, monitoring the baby, and they ended up sending me home. And I was told to come back in a few days to monitor me again. So that's what I did. This was on Halloween or October 30th, I believe. It was either October 30th or October 31st. And I went in and they couldn't get my blood pressure lowered. And it was showing that I did have preeclampsia. So they diagnosed me. And at this point... I was 33 weeks and some days, and I was told that I was going to be stuck in the hospital until I delivered. So they were just trying to keep my blood pressure down. I was put on a magnesium. I had to have a catheter put in. I was essentially strapped to my bed until I was told that I needed to be induced. And so I was 34 weeks and a day when I was told that I needed to be induced. After being induced for 24 hours and not really getting anywhere, I ended up having to have an emergency C-section. And very, very traumatizing. I had to be put under because I could feel too much. But at that point, my body was so swollen and I was being poked so often to check the levels for magnesium that anytime anybody touched me, I was just in pain. So I was put under for my C-section. Malachi was 5 pounds, 5 ounces. He had to be in the NICU, and I had to be on magnesium for 24 hours after delivery, so I wasn't able to even meet him until he was 24 hours old. And he had to stay in the NICU for 6 days, which is really crazy to me because... 
I was only 34 weeks pregnant. And it wasn't until Malachi was a little over a year old that we decided we wanted one more baby because we have Logan and Lilia who are a year apart. They have each other. And then we have Malachi who is 10 years younger than Logan, which is a huge age difference. So we wanted to have a another baby who would be close in age with Malachi. So that is when I started tracking my ovulation again and started tracking everything. I talked to my doctor and told her that we wanted to try for another pregnancy. Because Clomid had worked before, my doctor had prescribed it to me again after probably more than six, seven months of trying and tracking ovulation and nothing happening. We were prescribed Clomid again, and over the course of the next year and a half, I did three to four rounds of Clomid, and all of them failed. None of them were successful, which both attempts before had been successful, so it was just really odd. So we ended up holding off on trying because I didn't want to keep using Clomid, and that's when I came across California IVF which is what we are going through now. So I get a lot of questions of IUI versus IVF. And because we don't know the exact cause, with IVF, we kind of bypass a lot of issues that there could be. So we are just going to go straight to IVF and... Um, what they're going to do is I'm going to have a baseline ultrasound to make sure that everything is okay. Gabe's going to have to do a semen analysis, which he had done before. So when we first started trying, when my doctor was doing all the lab work on me the first time, he had Gabe do a semen analysis as well, and everything came back normal. So with IVF, Gabe will have to do another semen analysis and then we already had to do lab work and everything. And right now, I am currently on birth control, which a lot of people are like, why are you on birth control if you're trying to have a baby? So the point of the birth control is to kind of regulate my system and they can time everything. So it's all about timing and um, just timing everything right. So I'm on my fifth week of birth control, I believe. And right now... The next steps, we're currently waiting for a calendar to be sent to us of the next steps. So, like, when we're going to have to do the, the ultrasound and the semen analysis and when I would start the medication for egg retrieval and all of that. And then we're supposed to get a calendar of everything, like, when we'll do our egg retrieval meds, when our estimated egg retrieval will be when the goal transfer date would be. So we're going to be getting a calendar eventually, um, but for the time being, we're currently just waiting and I'm just on birth control, but I'm going to document everything and they are also documenting everything. So they're doing it for fertility awareness. So I'm able to document my experience and also send them over some clips and they're going to have their own videographer and they're kind of making a documentary out of it to share our experience with IVF and how we feel and what the whole experience is like. Not one infertility is less than the other. Just because someone has previously had kids doesn't mean that their infertility struggle is any less 
than somebody who hasn't been able to have kids yet. Infertility is still infertility. It's still hard. It's still heartbreaking. And many, 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 many people struggle with infertility. I love being able to share my story with you guys because I know a lot of you have gone through similar situations or have known someone who's gone through similar similar situations. And I really love to be able to have conversations with you guys and relate to you on many different things. So it's really nice to have things in common because when you're going through it, it feels like you are alone. So to be able to be open and share about it and talk about miscarriage and talk about infertility and your struggles trying to get pregnant, being able to talk about it and having others who are in the same situation, it makes you feel so much more not alone and so much more comfortable and not scared and you have other people who you can tell your stories to and they can tell your, their stories. And it's just, I really love that it's not as taboo of a subject anymore because even when all of this was happening to me five, six years ago when it was first happening, nobody was really talking about any of that stuff. But nowadays, a lot of people are opening up and I really love that. I really love that everyone is being vulnerable and that everyone is being understanding and accepting of of all of this stuff. It's it's really great to be able to share this kind of stuff with you guys and open up more. I think that's going to end this episode, guys. I'm sorry for my long ranting, but I thought since I get a lot of questions, it would be a good episode for me to do, especially that I'm by myself. But this is the point of the episode where we would normally do adjust the tip. But I feel like me being by myself giving just a tip is not as fun. So I think we're just going to skip that segment this week. And it really sucks, you guys, because this is not our normal episodes. This is not how we normally do things. And it's giving me anxiety doing things that we don't normally do. Like, this is not are how we're supposed to record episodes and we're supposed to all be together and not being in order and not being organized is literally making me want to pull out my hair. So I'm so excited that next week we will finally be able to record all together. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. Hopefully this is the last episode like this for a long time because this is too much stress for me to figure out what I'm going to sit here and talk about to get an episode out for you guys. And I'm sitting here talking to myself and usually I like usually our episodes we banter back and forth and that's what makes it fun and that's what makes it not boring and like I have no one to banter with and even with me and Gabe it's like we can only do so much bantering. It's it's just so much more fun when it's all four of us. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at fantastic official where we post continuous updates. Thank you so much for listening and until next time. Bye. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. 
for the Pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.